Hello, hello, and welcome back to Baki Taki, the final season, episode four, this time with Catherine. Hello. That seems like a question. <laughs> yeah, I, I realized I don't usually introduce it that way. Um, I was, I, I threw myself With off. your host, Steven. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, this is uh, The Legendary Promoter. Um, it's a fun episode. Glad you picked this one. Uh, all of these, the first half of this season is just all over the place. Like every episode just zips around um, with no real thread tying it together. But before we get into that, I have a fun question that I've been asking everybody for their final episodes. So, Catherine, there's still about uh, nine episodes left. And let's pretend you haven't seen the finale. Uh, what do you want to see happen in these final episodes? Uh, I want to see Kozue learn how to fight and me... become the greatest fighter on Earth and then defeat her mother, who is currently the greatest fighter on Earth. <laughs> oh my god, that would be great. Any, Honestly, any any like if we could get Kozue's mom back, we could have another scene that passes the Bechdel test. Like That would be two in five seasons, which would be really great it really is a, a feminist masterpiece <laughs> Baki. yeah so what'd you think of the episode Catherine? there was a lot in it that i was pretty into like it, what you're saying is correct it hops around quite a bit but there were there were parts that were pretty fun i agree i agree well let's let's start at the beginning uh we get the return of uh, one of my favorite characters introduced last season, uh, Barack Ozma, um, the coolest president of the United States, I'd say. Um, what what'd you think of this guy? Did he remind you of any real-life presidents? No, stop, stop. Now, uh, before you say another word, I want you to see something. Well, this is the first episode of Baki that, for me, didn't start in the middle of a pre-existing fight. Hmm. So at first I was like, oh man, this is kind of boring. It's like, I'm not launched into the action. And then who walks out the plane but Barack Obama, <laughs> president of the United States. Oh, and I, I, I love this version of Barack Obama. Cause like, he, he's like, he, he's, he's like a. I don't even know like he's like lame like he like this is his second appearance and he keeps trying to act like he's like really cool and good friends with Yujiro Hanma what is that it's Tar wait you mean cold right well to be more precise what you're looking at is cold dust I asked Olga to create it for me and he was more than happy to oblige <laughs> and it's like Yujiro keeps showing up to be like no Obama we're not close like that. Stop stop lying and telling people that we're friends. The voice actor, I feel like, did a really good job. Like, it's not a flawless Obama, but it is a Baki Obama. Like, <laughs> wow. he sounds like Obama if Obama was goofy. <laughs> yes. Also, just putting that together, Baki Obama is a great name. Like, <laughs> it, sounds, it, sounds like, it sounds like a real name. Um... That's the spinoff. <laughs> of course, uh, we call him Obama, uh, but he is uh, just like every president, uh, like Ronald Reagan, George Bosch, and now Barack uh, Ozma, I believe. They're all slightly off um, for copyright reasons. Uh, none, none of them are quite as good as Muhammad Ali Jr., um, where they just added an I and didn't pronounce it. Um, 
But the Japan and the U.S. have come together um, for a, a summit of the powers of the Pacific uh, to talk about this father-son fight, um, which is equivalent to nations going to war. Uh, my, my big thought during this scene is, like, do you think that this is worth all of the hubbub? Like, like, do we need a council of nations to address this fight? Uh, I think so, because they said that... Uh the one guy has the military strength of one nation. <laughs> so, that's pretty, that's pretty intense. I feel like at that point it does become an international issue. That is true. Imagine if that was like how a war happened. Like I don't want to use real countries in a war. Like let's say France and Australia went to war with each other, but they decided they were going to fight in the Japanese suburbs of Tokyo. I guess that would be an international incident. At least a discussion. <laughs> and I, I wouldn't like it if, if uh, I tried to have that discussion and Obama came over and just started trying to show me all of his tar that he had in his hand. Um... <laughs> okay, I need an explanation about the jar of tar. <laughs> like if it, it, I feel like I, I didn't fully pay attention, and the next thing I knew, it was like, like, religious tar. <laughs> okay, so Obama's first appearance at the end of last season, he showed up and he made this pledge to Yujiro that we we see him repeat in this scene. Um, and then oh, after... that was amazing. Oh yeah. <laughs> But, Do all the presidents make that pledge? I thought it was going to be like the presidential oath no. when he asked them to repeat it. But it was a pledge to Ujiro. No, this is the best part. Every president since Reagan has had to make this oath to Ujiro. I swear that the United States of America will maintain an ongoing harmonious relationship with Master Yujiro Hanma, that we will respect you, and under no circumstances will we ever interfere with your life. Stop right there. Also, like, I'm pretty sure, like, it's not just, it doesn't end at Obama. Like, they're still making it today. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so. Well, they have to. Yeah. Well, I love, like, did Yujiro write it? <laughs> I... Like, it seemed to be, like, recited from memory my guess is yujiro signed off on it he was like all right this this is good i like i like this um but yeah i, I like to like... also think in the baki that the uh school children say it every day <laughs> along with the pledge of allegiance it's only safe or else yeah but yeah so after in the original meeting after they had this uh this pledge obama inexplicably pulled out a diamond and gave it to Yujiro and said, I bet you're so strong you could crush... Or he gave him a lump of coal, sorry, and said, I bet you're so strong that you could turn this into a diamond. And then Yujiro just didn't. Um, unclear if he had the power to do that. Um, he just sort of seemed like that was a stupid request. Now, I don't know. I think what they might be implying is that he... Because he did squeeze the coal. He might have turned that coal into tar instead of a diamond. And that's what Obama has. But he's acting like this was a thing that he made Yujiro do when actually Yujiro was like, you are so lame. Um, and then he broke his table uh, and left. <laughs> oh, damn. Yes, you good. Oh, so Obama's trying to spin it like, like, oh, this is the tar my good pal Yujiro made for me. It's exactly that. And that's why when Yujiro shows up, he's like, oh, no, like, he's caught me. He's caught me acting like we're besties. 
Uh, so yes. So uh, spoiler alert: the Yujiro does show up to this meeting. Um, I, I, so I want to touch on one line that I really liked. Yujiro, before coming in, uh, knocked out all of the guards um, around the uh, around them. Um, they were all unconscious, and according to the narrator, they have no expressions on their faces at all. And if you look closely enough, you realize they aren't even aware that they're unconscious. They didn't even know they were unconscious. Um, I found that. I loved that. <laughs> what I've never known when I, I was, I've never been aware that I'm unconscious. This is me when I'm unconscious. Oh no, help me. <laughs> I'm unconscious. Oh, God. oh man, I wish I was conscious right now. <laughs> if, if only, why aren't I moving? Also, so like, what did he, what did he do to them? Um, I don't know. There was a lot. First of all, it seemed like all of them, uh, like pissed themselves after he knocked because every one of them had like a puddle around them. Um, oh, I thought that was drool. I think I, it's drool because they're thought, unconscious. I thought so too, but it, they're they're big puddles. Like I don't know. <laughs> seems like seems like more drool than the body would create. Um, it might be both, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm gonna guess that he did the Vulcan death grip on them. Um, that Spock knew in uh, the original Star Trek. Um, I don't know. I don't think there's a real martial art move that that explains what he was doing. <laughs> also, just a side question. So, mm-hmm. is Yujiro like a demon now, or like ogre? Like they keep calling him ogre. All right, so this is a theory that I've been that is completely in my head, but I, I think is right. They call him a demon, and I think that in Japan, you know, demon would be an oni. But there's this other. Um, this is taking from my uh, playing magic in a Japanese set. Um, but there's this the, there's these figures in Japanese mythology that I think is like a specific type of demon uh, that I can't pronounce. But it's more of an ogre-like figure, and I think that they've translated that type of demon to mean ogre. Hey, editor Steve here. Um, this isn't a fact check. Um, even when I'm editing, I'm not going to come at you with the etymology of Japanese words. Um, but to more summarize what I mean, I think that the base word here is oni, and if you look at Wikipedia, oni can refer to demon. I think that's the most traditional uh, translation, but also ogre, goblin, orc. Um, so I, I think it's just, you know, the, the root word that we're coming from here has multiple meanings. Like an ogre-like demon is what they're calling him. Because it, 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 they do love to call him a demon, but his name is the ogre. And I think it's because there is a famous, like, Japanese ogre demon creature. Okay, but he's not, like, possessed by a demon, though, is he? No, no. He's just Baki's dad, but he's so strong, they assume he must be possessed by an ogre demon. No, he's just so strong that they call him the ogre. It'd be like if, if there was just, it'd be like if we started calling, like, I don't know, Andre the Giant, like, Shrek. Like, it's not like we think that he's possessed by Shrek. We just think that he's that strong. Okay, so it's like a nickname. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it was unclear because he doesn't have eyeballs. So I thought maybe he was possessed. Yeah. It's weird when they or he has eyeballs, but he doesn't have pupils. Yeah. Yeah. The fun thing is every character in the show can do that. Um, if they're being cool in that scene. 
yeah, I guess that is cool <laughs> to not have, <laughs> not be able to see. I Well, yeah. Yeah, I guess it'd be tough to see if you didn't have uh, pupils. Um, I guess that is the important part of the eye. But uh, to be honest, I doubt he needs it. Anyway, uh, the scene ends uh, with Yujiro. He just sort of crushes up the tar in... <laughs> in probably one of the least impressive feats i guess he crushed a glass jar in his hand and didn't get cut um and then creates well, a cross but then the tar forms a cross <laughs> yes yeah well he's, he's well it you know they don't have a bible for barack obama to swear on so he uses the cross instead um and then obama recites his pledge of friendship or whatever and then uh is like guys this is a this is a family thing don't get involved <laughs> before eventually i also love in this how he's like recite your pledge to me that you serve only me yujiro hanma and then in the next sentence he's like how dare you mess with an ordinary citizen <laughs> yeah of, of a different country also maybe he's talking to the japanese well it's like you can't part. have it both ways you can't be an ordinary citizen and then also have him have a pledge to you <laughs> Maybe Yujiro doesn't realize that other people don't have pledges with um, <laughs> heads of G7 countries. Um, maybe he just thinks that's n- the norm. I also like how uh, shaken up Obama is when he does the pledge. Oh, yeah. It's every, honestly, I've loved every president whenever they've been on screen in this show. Like George Bosch was a lot of fun. He was, he was in our episode, our last episode, right? yes that's why i wasn't as surprised that obama was there but i was pretty surprised (laughs) a little treat for this episode um all right uh so moving on to our next scene uh it's it's the boxing arc retsu's at the gym just keep quiet get out you're interfering with my training so I want to get your thoughts on this, but I am just going to complain once again that Redsu keeps coming to this gym, terrorizing everyone there, and all he does is stand in the corner and squat. The, like, <laughs> like he can do this at home. He does not need to come to this gym. The second episode in a row where he just comes to the gym, stands in a corner, and squats all day. Anyway, what 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 did you think of Redsu? Oh, he's done scene? he's done this before. <laughs> Yeah, he keeps coming to the gym, squatting in the corner, and then getting pissed off when people talk to him. Um, and he'll do some amazing <laughs> feat of strength uh, or beat up somebody. And then he just goes back to squatting, um, which is, I guess, all you need to be good at uh, Chinese martial arts. Um, but yeah, what, what, what do you think of Retsu's uh, little <laughs> distraction arc, I guess? Well, first of all, I think this is the first time I've ever seen Retsu. Ah, and it was him staring at a wall and then two dudes going like he's been posing for hours <laughs> yep classic and then the i think i think he's just kind of like squatting and then the promoter the legendary promoter waltzes in yeah so i'm like 90 percent sure this guy's supposed to be don king um but he looks like Don King. He's one of the most anime-looking characters on this show, especially his hairstyle. But in in real amazing life, hair, yeah. And in real life, Don King, I guess, actually has anime hair. So it's like who's it, who's Don King? Uh, he's a famous boxing promoter <laughs> who looks like uh, this guy if he was a bit thinner. I don't know. I have to confirm that. This, checks but... out. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I think that his character is supposed to be like uh, a play on Don King. Do you mind showing me your strength? What do you think? One demonstration, humor me. But anyway, uh, this guy comes in. He's cool. He's got golden teeth. He's got a uh, big, big, uh, tall hair. Um, he's tall. He's taller than Retsu. Um, and he's come to this podunk gym in the middle of Japan to uh, get the new hot boxing sensation, Sea King Retsu. He asks Retsu to, you know, show him a, a feat of strength. Um, what did what did you think of Retsu's uh, a little trick that he pulled off? Editor Steve, we don't really describe what he did, so I'll just do that quickly. He puts on a boxing glove and then punches so hard that his fist flies through the boxing glove. Um, quite impressive, in my opinion. I mean, it was pretty cool. I It was confusing for a bit <laughs> because I didn't understand why he found it so disgraceful <laughs> to destroy a boxing glove. Was this the only thing I could do? So unimaginative. I mean, come on. Why did I choose this particular glove? It was the biggest, the oldest, the most damaged one on the shelf. Why didn't I choose a newer glove? Because this one was easy to destroy. Because it had been damaged by sweat and punches over many years. It was a cowardly decision. Well, the way Retsu talked about it, it was as if, like, the second he did it, he regretted it. Yeah. Well, it's because he it's because he chose the weakest glove there, like the most worn down one. Like he saw it as cheap that he had resorted to such a uh, a handicap. I just don't understand why Retsu's involved in boxing. Couldn't he just not do boxing? <laughs> like, couldn't he just stick to martial arts if that's what he's like trained in? Like, why does he have to go to a boxing gym to do martial arts? <laughs> It's a great question and one that I don't think is ever fully answered head on. My my pet theory is that he got his foot eaten and this is like his pick me up. Like I'm just going to clown on all of these boxers and show them what a real martial art is because he sort of I feel like he just sort of felt like he needed a win. That's that's my read on it. Well, I didn't realize that his foot was eaten. Oh, yeah. I knew it was missing, but I didn't realize it got eaten. Yeah, he lost to a caveman. The, the caveman was going to eat him entirely, but then, um, you know, other people tranquilized him and stuff. So he only lost a foot. Well, thank goodness. <laughs> well, I, I certainly would have missed Red Sue. I think he's uh, one of the best uh, characters on this show. But, you know, this this arc's a bit of a weird one. I thought, th- I thought his feet was crazy. So j- just to be clear, what he did is he put on a boxing glove, and then punched and punched through the boxing glove. Um, I think this might be the most impossible thing in Baki. Like if you actually think about it, like it doesn't it it, it, it doesn't seem as crazy as some of the other stuff. But I think that um, it is just not it's it's just not how it works. Like <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, the the amount of like strength to be able to get that much momentum in a punch in the uh like centimeter between your hand and the inside of the boxing glove like it's pretty (laughs) impressive yeah it's uh, anyway so it's it's enough to impress don king and uh in the next scene they're on a plane and my favorite line of the episode (laughs) 
the little Betsu's little boxing coach also on the plan, just going, well, why am I here? Mr. Retsu, I want you to come with me to the United States. I don't get it. Why am I going on this trip? Why am I on this trip? <laughs> and also, uh, I have the ad plan for Netflix, and the ad break was right after that line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's perfect. It was great. Yeah. That, do you want to know why he's on that plan? They need, they need somebody to... Uh, comment on how cool Ratsu is. Like, you need that guy in the audience who can go, whoa, he's doing this. Yeah, I mean, he does that later, but when he's on the plane, he's just like, why am I on the plane? (laughs) No one's doing anything cool. So now we go back to the titular hero, Baki Hanma. Um, I love these two scenes of Baki. Uh, They give us a peek into what he does when he's home alone. And uh, it seems that he is an insane person <laughs> who just <laughs> wanders his house as if there are ghosts haunting him throughout it, um, to the point that people think that there's other people there. But, like, honestly, just the two scenes combined just paint this picture of Baki as this guy who, like, I, I, I feel like he never speaks to anybody ever once he goes home. Like, he, he just has his own world. For context, this is Baki staring at a cockroach. Dissolve. Liquefy these muscles. Well, well, well. Long time no see. Teacher. I'm very sorry to tell you this, but my strength still hasn't gotten anywhere close to yours. These two scenes were fire. Like, I... (laughs) Honestly, I was so into both of them. I would watch a whole show of just, like, Baki slowly going crazy (laughs) in his, like, basement fight cave. The monster It was great. Like, no other context than, like, he might be fighting his dad soon. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. So the the first part, um, Baki is visualizing... um, Baki wants to have dinner with his dad. Um, at this point in the story, we know that. Um, of, of course, Catherine, you have some future. Pay attention, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Pay attention to the scene, everybody. I have a feeling it might be important <laughs> later. Just a hunch. <laughs> and so he imag- he makes this whole dinner, and he imagines his dad sitting down b- beside him or across the table to eat this dinner. Um, and you know they're just they're just talking and then baki starts saying the miso soup's too salty and i loved yujiro's voice actor coming in to be like <laughs> just being like rah, 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 rah. <laughs> what's that really hey i'm just trying to be honest with you here after all you're the one who cooked everything <laughs> Yeah, like like in Baki's mind, he hasn't come up with like what Yujiro's lines are. He's just <laughs> mad. <laughs> and it's yeah. It, it makes sense. He he barely talks to his dad. So like he's he you know, he does he, he's got a good enough read to know that he'd be mad. Um and then of course the ghost of or the imaginary Yujiro flips the real table over. And then out of I the- also I loved oh. the line I love the line where he's just like, 
Uh, it's actually the family who decides if the meal is good. <laughs> I'm going to use that one next time somebody cooks for me. You'll be like, shut up. This is up to me. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I liked it. I liked it. It was, it was, uh, <laughs> Baki's one character trait I find is just that, like, he's, he's, he's difficult to be around. Like, I've never found somebody who enjoyed their time with Baki, honestly. Like, he's either beating you up or just so, like, smarmy and just, like, ugh, I don't know. He's he's an interesting character. It's a very good point. Like, no one ever seems happy around him or, like, delighted to see him. Yeah, it's it's exhausting when you interact with Baki. Like, even Kozaway. Oh, especially Kozaway. Like, we Kozaway. see Kozaway soon, and she's so mad to see him at his house i think she was hoping that there was another woman there and that she could just use that as an excuse um also the fact that he, like baki says something like you should stay over more and she's like maybe i will Kozway, i'm pretty sure lives like like very close to baki like i, th- I think i think his i gotta look it up at one point baki's landlord was Kozway's mom so I always assumed that like he lived in a shadow back, basically. But I'll I'll confirm that. Okay, this is a fun little rabbit hole. So I did confirm that everything I said is right. Uh, Baki is neighbors with Kozway, and her mom was his landlord. Um, but I was just reading Kozway's wiki page. Shout out to the Baki fan wiki. I still hate it. Um, and they talked about this subplot where like she got kidnapped or whatever. Um, but what caught my eye was it said. Kozue's friend Mai told Baki, and I was like, whoa, there's another woman in this show? And I looked it up, she had her own page, and I was like, what? Where is she now? And then they realized she's an anime-only character. So I think in the original run, they must have realized that they just don't have it. They, like, created their own woman to add to the show. Anyway. Also, how much time has passed? Because, like, Kozue looks 40. But she's wearing a high school uniform, yeah. I was I was very confused as well. I had thought that more time had passed because I thought that they had graduated high school, but then they were both wearing their school uniforms. So now I just see, feel stupid. Um, very little time has passed. <laughs> Maybe a year since this podcast started. This podcast is in real time. Oh, wow. That's, <laughs> that's an eventful year. For, for you or I, yes. For Baki, this is just uh, the way of life. Um, but yeah, Kozway came over. She's like, is someone over? Probably because she heard noises, I guess, from outside of the door. Uh, Baki's like, no. And then they sadly just converse. Never mind. Look, if you're that worried about me, you could stay over more. I will. Um, yeah, is in this season, and I believe this time I'm correct in saying that after this season, she has not shown up again in the manga. Um, and I, re- whenever she shows up, it makes sense. Like, these are not, it doesn't seem like they know what to do with Kozue at this point. Well, like, she doesn't fight. So, like, all, all she does is disapprove of fighting. That doesn't really fit... <laughs> into the ethos of the show especially as the show just becomes about fighting like as more plot lines get pulled back and it's just dudes fighting each other 
Yeah, that's a that's a fair point. All right. Um, moving on to Baki's other little vignette. Um, why don't Why don't you describe this one? This was. This was amazing. I like. I'm not even joking. I actually loved this. Like, I feel like you. I feel like this would be like a short film that I like see at <laughs> TIFF or something. <laughs> like, I think. I think it opens like Baki's in his like basement fight cave, mm-hmm. like kind of sweating, and then it's just like he, he's just like thinking to himself, and it's like, ah, oh, I can still feel my muscles. I thought they all would have melted by now, <laughs> which is wild to start with. This would be a great TIFF film, but I feel like the music would be a lot more ominous and like just like a creepy tone going on or something. But it's great. He's trying to melt all of his muscles and then he explains that it's like he sees, I think, like a cockroach mm-hmm. on the wall and then he's talking about how the cockroach is like if it were human sized would be incredibly (laughs) fast and how he wanted to be that fast but couldn't with his human body and then you see the cockroach is actually like dead and smushed and then Baki is like and it's the it's liquid insides that allowed it to be that way, and therefore I will melt all my muscle. And then he does. <laughs> he melts into the floor in one of the best animation moments of this show. Honestly, like that was a smooth transition from boy to puddle. Truly, like the outside of like this show, like that those like two minutes were some quality content like i was riveted like i i couldn't i had no idea where it was going and it was very weird yeah but it's honestly like this is one of the things that i love about this season is that like baki is going to be fighting somebody yujiro who is um almost boring in his martial arts style because he is the best at everything it's like it's like what it's you go into like like uh, one of those uh, EA sports games and you just put everything at 99. Um, But what makes Baki interesting as a character is that he has these fighting styles that are only something Baki could do. Like looking at a cockroach long enough that you learn how to make your body think that your muscles are liquid. And he's going to use those fights later on the season. Um, He has another move where he pretends to be a triceratops. Like, these are moves that have just been built up over the season, and they're not moves anybody else would ever use. But it's, I, it, I, I really appreciate this. Pretends to be a triceratops. <laughs> well, yeah, you, they, they talk about this a lot. Well, think of, you, you've heard of, like, praying mantis-style kung fu, or, like, a lot of martial arts is inspired by animals. Um, so Baki when he fought the caveman um he learned how to copy dinosaurs and use their martial arts um it's it's one of my favorites that's amazing oh it's so good no it can't be triceratops yeah he did the cockroach dash um it's an incredible achievement 
Uh, he's so fast that he leaves his sweat behind, which is always a cool move. Uh, and there was a lot of it also. Um, but it makes sense. It was, it was so great. It was such a bizarre meditation on strength. <laughs> Like, just such a weird angle to take on it. It was just... that Baki at its finest. A-plus for that little vignette. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Um, and then we get to uh, Vegas. Baby. Um, Vegas. This part was also great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had so much fun watching this originally and then being like, that'll be me in a few weeks. Um... But uh, Red Sea's in Vegas, home, of course, to WGW uh, Casino and uh, New York, New York uh, Hotel <laughs> and a bunch of other uh, <laughs> semi-translated signs to not uh, hit copyright. Um, but yeah. That's uh, because it's all fake. It's <laughs> all fake. I've come to a conclusion. I'm pretty sure I can guess what it is. There's nothing real in this city. Not a single thing that you could describe as authentic. <laughs> Do you think he didn't even go to the right Las Vegas? Like, it's just a different Vegas that's even more fake than the, the real one. Las Vegas. Las <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, yeah, so th- we, we get some sort of discussion about Vegas. Um, Retsu, of course, he appreciates the work that it would take to make it, but it's actually fake. Um, Don King has his own things to take. What, what what did you take away from this discussion of Vegas? Well, I just love that he started it with a little aside of like, I appreciate the labor that went into it and how much work it would be, but everything's a fake version of something else. These trees could never grow here. <laughs> yeah, he it's just such a trees, weird monologue. Which are like real trees. <laughs> just, they just got planted there. Um, I liked some of his fake things like you know he's he's like fake Eiffel Tower fake this fake that and then he points at the Luxor and goes fake pyramid I'm like that's a pyramid like <laughs> pyramid's just a it's just a geometric shape like it's not a it's not a fake pyramid that's but it's just... not a real pyramid though yeah it is it's a pyramid <laughs> it's no but it's not like a like an ancient pyramid well, yeah, but it, it's it's jet black and has a light shining out of the top. I don't think they're trying to make it be an ancient pyramid. Um, well, I mean, I, you could say the same thing about, like, it's a real Eiffel Tower. That's true. Because they built it. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, no, they, they have a good conversation on that. And, you know, it, it, I, what, what was even the takeaway? That everything's fake and then you have to try to be real... <laughs> um or just because i think there was some like i think there was some sort of like tie-in that like like everything's thrown together so we're gonna throw in like martial arts with boxing (laughs) yeah i guess i guess that was it it felt clumsy um even on the rewatch um but you know at the end of the day retsu's in vegas and we're all just gonna have to accept that (laughs) Um, and then, uh, we go straight to a fight. Some guy, some seven, what was he? Seven foot eight or something. The guy was huge. What are his specs? A guy is seven feet, eight inches tall. He weighs around 330. I love that he asked for his specs. 
I feel like that was a translation issue. <laughs> I liked it. Retsu Retsu's always trying to eyeball people. It's one of the great like like whenever me and Lindsay are watching an episode, Retsu like this is one of the rare occasions because he asks somebody else, but he always does this thing where like he'll look at a guy and then go, "That guy must be six, no, seven feet tall," or "That guy's two hundred and twenty, no, two hundred and thirty pounds." Like he's very he's very precise in his specs, and he's always uh, figuring it out himself. Um, I love that when they write it that they doubt his estimates. They're so like, "No, couldn't be two hundred and thirty. Must be two hundred and forty yeah that's it's it's honestly a big part of his character to me um anyway uh after the fight um of two completely unrelated guys uh don king jumps into the arena um in a really really cool oh, he, frame he leaps yeah <laughs> he it is a glorious leap into the ring <laughs> it was, so graceful yeah he was he was cool i can see why he's the legendary promoter um and so he gets in and he's just like 150 years the canterbury rules and all this stuff um and then of course coming to just absolutely humiliate 150 years of boxing history is kaio retsu representing 4,000 years of chinese martial arts um and that's that's sort of where the episode ends off may i have your attention everybody it's been 150 years since the Queensbury rules were established. And now modern boxing faces the greatest challenge to those rules in its history. Well, I just, I love that he's like, we're going to change the whole rules of boxing. And the crowd is like, what? The rules of boxing? Oh my God. The Canterbury <laughs> This is <rules>? amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'd do if I was, if I saw somebody come in and change the rules of boxing? If I was the ref, I'd just say, uh-uh. Can't do that. <laughs> that's that's against the rules. Yeah, the ref could be like, "Hey, this is kung fu. <laughs> that's not how boxing works. You can still do it, but just like not here." Yeah, <laughs> you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Get your uh, get your kung fu out of here. Oh man. Also, I didn't catch that Retsu. Uh, I know they show it earlier on rewatch that he doesn't have one of his legs, but I didn't notice it until he also jumped into the ring. <laughs> Do you like how he has a peg leg? I always find that so interesting. Cause like, like, I don't think, I don't think they give people peg legs. I, th- I think that usually there's like a prosthetic foot that they would go for. I think it makes his squatting more impressive. Like the fact that he's squatting for hours on his peg leg. <laughs> like that can't be easy. no, that's a that's a fair point. Hey, what what do you think of the the opening and uh, ending credits this season? Not a huge fan. They're very slow. Um, I do like that there's the the soup imagery, and that we see his brain for no reason. <laughs> I liked that. Yeah, I agree. But otherwise, a little bit underwhelming. Yeah, I think I I like it for like the idea behind it. Like I actually think that if you if you if you look at it on paper, the music and the shots do a good job of setting the tone of this season. Like it's very clear that this is Baki versus Dad and like they set up Baki in his like like crumbling graffiti driven home and then Yujiro is literally on the top of the mountain, unassailable and all that stuff. I like that. 
but it is slow it's like it's like they have 30 seconds worth of good animation and the song is a minute and a half so they just stretch it as much as they can um which is too bad uh but you know i like yeah, the just music. use the the old one where he's just like it's almost like a live action guy just punching <laughs> at nothing <laughs> that was my favorite one. Oh my god the music for that one is so good we'll be listen to the end of each episode to hear some of the recommendations on the shows i'm watching any hoot uh what, Kat- what what are they what are the shows you're watching just tell me <laughs> <laughs> I've already done at the end of each episode this season, I'm doing a recommendation. So if I, I'll tell you, I'm going to have to listen to the episode. Oh yeah. Torture. All right. Well, on on the topic, (laughs) um, you've watched Baki maybe in every season you've been on in some form or another. What do you, what, how would you, how would you describe the trajectory of this show? Has it been getting better the whole time? Is it ending on a high ending on a low? What do you, what do you think? I feel like it dipped in the middle. Like mm-hmm. the death row inmate stuff was really good. And then it kind of like dipped for a bit. And then this stuff where it's just hopping all over, like you get just like pockets of greatness. Yeah. So I think it's it started strong and it's finishing strong. And the middle part was fine. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I, 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 I honestly think that these last two seasons, like the uh, the end of the pickle or the pickle arc in this arc, I've, I've really enjoyed. Um, cool. Well, did you want to did you want to add anything? Uh, thanks for having me on so many times and I'm looking forward to never watching Baki again. <laughs> that's the spirit. All right. Unless a new season comes out. <laughs> I'm hoping I'm hoping a new season comes out in like five years <laughs> when everybody's like had a bit of a break. Um, but uh, we shall see. All right. Uh, that's all the Baki we've got to talky. So see you all next week. Yay. This one's going to be a bit of a group recommendation. So what what is a comedy? It's it's a big question nowadays, and I think it only gets tougher. When I was a kid, you know, I, I, I loved watching the Thursday night comedies on NBC, Community, The Office, 30 Rock, all of these, um, Parks and Rec. And those are very clear, true comedies. But nowadays, when you look at, like, the best comedy winners, you're going to get stuff like Orange is the New Black or, like, uh, I, Glee was being nominated even back then just shows that you can tell are not putting their full weight into comedy you know they're funny I'm not going to say they're not but you know they're also uh, dealing with romance and drama and music sometimes <laughs> so like what what is it you know I, I 
even I can fall prey to this. Like I recommended Kagua at the beginning of this year and I made, I think the coward's choice of just saying it as it's a very funny show. But what I really mean is that it has strong comedy, but I found that the parts that stuck with me were the emotional beats um, and sort of the romance actually, I thought was better than the comedy. Not to say that it wasn't funny. Um, But sometimes you read something and it truly is the comedy that takes it the step forward. And so I had two um, comics, I'm going to say, just to sort of group them together, that I wanted to include that I think are very funny. And that is where they put their effort into. Um, The first one uh, is Hinamatsuri. Uh, I took the theme from the anime. I watched the anime first. It was good. It was fine. But I found the manga maybe just because I was reading later chapters, but I also found going back to it just had a better, you know, a better read of the humor. The The show is about um, a mafia or Yakuza guy who has a 12-year-old girl with psychic powers transported into his house, and he just sort of has to raise her. Um, and the funny thing is, like, that's only one of the three sort of absurd storylines. There's another psychic girl who ends up living in a homeless camp, and then another girl just sort of ends up having to work at a bar due to a bunch of misunderstandings. And it's it, it, honestly just each chapter, it, they're long chapters, they're funny, the characters are consistent, and, like, I don't know. I, I, it, it made me just laugh a lot um reading it which you know a lot, a lot of times that, that doesn't happen you read it and you go oh that's funny but um i was <laughs> i look back and I, I can still chuckle at some of those jokes and it made me think of my real recommendation for this it's going to be probably a much deeper cut is the old web comic uh dr mcninja it's about a doctor who's also a ninja um the quality of the comic is incredible like the guy went on to make real comics afterwards um but it's one of the funniest uh, web comics because it's the way he wrote it. It wasn't like he wrote. It's not like a manga where you write a chapter and then um, release it chapter by chapter. He released a page every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, so every page has a joke on it, and it mul- usually there's multiple ones. And there's an alt joke if you read it online, and it's it's so funny. I have a physical copy of some of that, and um just go read it uh, <laughs> there's no other one where you're gonna see a bunch of dinosaurs fight paul bunyan um but it, while staying grounded you know he's, he's a doctor he's got patients to take care of anyway uh those are my two recommendations in matsuri and uh, dr mcninja um they're both goofy they're both over the top um yeah take it and leave it see ya <laughs>